Hi there, this is Paula Jones and this is Autistic Women Working, the weekly podcast for newly diagnosed autistic women who want to learn to thrive in a world that's not designed for you and me. there this is Paula welcome to autistic women working where we talk all things work autism and adulting um this week I want to ask you a question are you an obedient adult or are you a rebel so let's find out shall we let's raise your hands in the air while saying I can't raise my hands okay seems a daft thing to do doesn't it But while you're raising your hands in the air and saying, I can't raise my hands, I want you to believe and see for yourself the evidence that your mind doesn't control your actions. And it seems to me that a lot of us either sit on one side of the fence, but never right in the middle. So we're either obedient or we're rebels. Now, I used to be very obedient until I learned that I'm autistic and then I went right the other way and I just thought, screw this, I'm going to do what I want. For the first time in my life, I'm going to do what I want. And it took me a while to kind of calm down, but I've still got this rebellious streak in me and I know when things are right and not right for me. So... I will judge things on how they make me feel internally and I'll judge them against my values, my value system, what I believe in and if it doesn't jibe with that then okay it all goes out of the window but it does sit with that set of values that I've had to do this intellectual exercise on of working out what they are, what I believe in, what's important to me, and just measuring things against those values. So any goals that I have, any people that I interact with, anything that just doesn't sit right, feel right, you know, clients that I work with, actions that I take during my life, even people that I have in my life, I have a mind of my own, and I know now how to use it for the first time in my life because all of the decisions that I've made in the past have either been driven by other people, made because I didn't know how to make a decision, or because during childhood I was obedient. I was quiet because I didn't know what to do and I copied people. The people that I chose to copy were the ones that my mum wanted me to, to emulate and not dissing my mum here. She wanted me to grow up to be a decent human being, so I did my best to do that. That's the sort of role model that I had in my life. And I hope that I haven't disappointed her. But now that I'm 52, I do kind of let rip now and again. I will allow myself to step outside of the boundaries and I'm quite happy doing so. But as Cameo once said, raise your hands in the air like you don't care and be you. Just be more you because it's time. 
it really is time. In the presence of your diagnosis, self-diagnosed or officially diagnosed, it doesn't matter, it's all valid, you can plaster a smile on your face. And I'm not talking about masking, but even in the presence of any sort of pain, if you can slap the Wallace and Gromit grin on your face, you'll find that that's contagious and it does actually help you feel better. And I don't get out of bed until I can do that. Now, I'm lucky that I've got a husband that makes me laugh and is also autistic and ADHD and dyspraxic and dyslexic like me. So we've got the full house. So we're clumsy. Basically, we're a pair of arses that just keep falling over, bumping into things and say the wrong things at the wrong time. But it works, so it's all good. So I can get that that grim plastered on, and that's, that's pretty good. But we can use our autism to our advantage. I know people say autism is the superpower. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not sure if I feel it's a superpower or it is a disability. And I think I do come down on the side of it being a disability because it sets us at a disadvantage to the rest of the world, to neurotypicals, because it's systemic in terms of how people separate us from the rest of the world, how people will ignore us and just observe us like we're lab rats. You know, we can be ostracised, I've talked about that before, and people could become complicit in that. But again, raise your hands in the air like you don't care, while telling yourself that you can't do it, and just observe how your mind doesn't actually control your actions. Now, I'm a big fan of true crime, and I watch lots of true crime interrogations where, where people try and fake illness and say... My illness made me do it. Now, we all know that those of us with autism are actually more vulnerable. We are less likely to be a perpetrator of a crime. You know, we're more likely to be a victim of a crime because we are vulnerable. Or a survivor of a crime because we are more vulnerable. We're not the type of people who are about to go out on a killing spree. And where somebody has done that and they have a diagnosis of autism, it's not the autism that's made, made them go out and do it. It's them being a complete bastard that's gone out and made them do it. People have tough times in their childhoods. They don't necessarily go out and give other people a tough time just because they've had a tough time. It doesn't work like that. Just keep that in your mind, you know? Your mind doesn't control your actions. And I have this with a lot of my clients who get into the habit of not doing things that they used to do because it feels like they can't do them anymore for some reason but you know a lot of it is that it's just we've got to a tipping point where it hurts more to avoid something and back out of things that we used to love is the easier option than actually going out and doing things that we used to do so with lockdown lockdown has affected autistic people horribly so when we used to get friends over and things like that you know the people that we trust we're not the most social of animals, but for the people that we know, like and trust, getting into that habit again of inviting people over, it is simply a habit and it's something that we can do because your mind doesn't control your actions. Have a think about it. What's your tipping point? You know you can raise your hands in the air while saying that you can't do it. 
So what's stopping you from inviting friends over? What's stopping you from completing that piece of university work? So we say it's our executive functioning. And you're right, it is our executive functioning. But what strategies can we put in place to help us with our executive functioning? Have a think about one meaningful action to do today that our minds tells us we should avoid. Our mind is sometimes recording this podcast when I'm not well, but I have a commitment to do this and it's now become a habit for me. So although I'm not well, I've got a banging migraine today. I have taken my medication and it's kicking in. So here I am, I'm recording and I'm happy that I'm doing it because it's part of my routine, it's part of what I love to do and I'm here and I'm doing it and it's just like sticking two fingers up to my illness and saying, ha, you can't have me. I'm in control. My mind does not control my actions. I control my actions. I make my decisions. I make a choice. So I came and did this because I want to. And because it's part of my habitual weekly routine. And because it's what I want to do and because it's part of the commitment that I've got to you as as my customer. You know, if you listen to this, you're my customer. I've got a commitment to you. So, and it hurts more to not do this for you and for me than it would, you know, if I just said, oh, it's all right, I'll do it tomorrow. People won't notice. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But I will. You know, there's always going to be thoughts and feelings and sensations and memories going on inside you. And a really good thing to do is just take a step back from them and observe how they're impacting you. You don't need to know what these feelings are because alexithymia often means that we don't know what they are. But you can understand how they're impacting you. I know that when I'm not well, on the days when my my illness is worse than others, I will often be desperate to be up and doing things. And my legs will be moving as if I'm running, if I'm stuck in bed. And that will be just this desperate need to get up and do something, even though I know I can't. So I might not be able to always articulate my feelings, but there's definitely some frustration there that I can't, absolutely can't get up and move and and do what I want to do because I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm in pain, etc, etc. So take a step back and just look at yourself as if you're on a cinema screen and just observe. And there's another technique you can do as well, which is go into a control room The control room is fantastic. You take the time to build a control room around you. If you can't picture it, you just get a sense of this experience of a control room. And find the controls that relate to whatever you feel you're experiencing at the moment. So if it's stress, for example, go and find a control in that room that relates to stress and really experience it. So is it a switch, a dial? Does it have numbers on it? Is it hot to touch? Is it cold to touch? Does it have no temperature particularly? Does it have a colour? And if it has numbers on it, note what number it's set to. So my default stress level is set to six 
on my my dial in my control room but I know that I can change that quite easily and to prove that I can change it I know that I can whack that baby up to 10 if I need to with very little effort so if I can push it up to 10 that also means I can dial it down to two and it just takes me shutting my eyes going into my control room which is gorgeous by the way I can't really see it but you know, I haven't got a very visual imagination. I have aphantasia. But I do know that there's a purple chaise long in there that was delivered a few weeks ago. That might sound silly, but it's there. And there are windows surrounding me and there's a the sea outside. And it's a bit like a recording studio control room. And this stress dial, it's fairly big and I can twiddle it around because I like things that go beep and you know things that I can twist about and buttons that I can push it's very very good for my sensory needs my control room and yeah I'm just I'm imagining it now actually I'm just sitting in there now with my eyes closed and just turning that dial down now to four and I can feel my stress levels just draining away. So any feeling that you recognise or that you don't recognise, you know, the feeling might be labelled as blah or meh. Doesn't matter. You know what it means. You know, even if you can't describe it, you know what the internal feelings and effects are. So you just go and grab that control, mess about with it, until whatever physical symptoms you feel start to abate. And then raise your hands in the air like you don't care. Because we don't care, do we? Autism rocks. Yeah, it's a disability. But it's one that we lean into. It's one that we learn to observe. And it's one that we learn to make the most of because there are positives about autism. And I wouldn't change it. I don't know who I'd be without it. And I struggled to learn who I am for 48 years until diagnosis. And now I'm learning who I am. I don't hate myself anymore. I hated myself before I was diagnosed. It was too much push and pull from other people. I didn't know who or what I was. And now I don't care what people think about me. I think it's the biggest gift I've ever been given. It allows me to work the way that I choose, with whom I choose. I don't think I've ever felt more relaxed about life in my life. And yes, there's still the meltdowns, the shutdowns, the periods of being non-verbal, the times when things are just too much. They're always going to be there. That's never going to stop. The communication difficulties. The going back to being a three-year-old when I was at nursery and it was break time and just waiting for all the other kids to finish their orange juice and biscuits at the big table before I went and got mine because I wanted to have them by myself. The feeling of always being me and then them. My personal space having 20 feet around me, living in a, a bubble or feeling like there's glass in between 
me and the next person and there never being quite the same sound level until something screeches and then terrifies me. Just press pause for a little while and just pay attention to your mind and your body. And then practice leaning into whatever shows up, whatever it happens to be, and you will notice that this is all so doable, that then you can then show up in your life however you need to, that you'll stop going full tilt at everything because you're able to press pause and wave your hands in the air like you don't care. Okay, that's all I've got for you for this week. I will see you next week and take care, have a great week and until then, take care and peace. Bye.